Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 222. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Dia Irby. Through many adventures over the decades, Dia Irby, TEDx speaker and award-winning author, has learned that building community is the most valuable aspect of leadership. She's on a mission to share her message of belonging and encouraging her clients to claim their employees. Dia has been married to her retired pastor husband, for almost 50 years, has eight grown children and 19 grandchildren. Dia, welcome to the show. Thank you, coach. Thanks for bringing me on the team. Absolutely. No, this is great. Eight kids and 19 grandkids. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes. And 50 years of marriage. Very cool. Good stuff. You don't hear hear a lot of long-term marriages anymore. I know. My husband doesn't like it when I say 50 years of married blisters. But you know. <laughs> my wife and I have a similar similar <laughs> joke when somebody asks, how, how many years have you been married? We say 16 glorious years, 23 in total, but 16 were fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, listen, anybody that stayed together knows what it takes, that it, it it's a you've got to work on it, but it's yeah. so rewarding. And I wouldn't Absolutely. want to start over with somebody else. No, heck no. Too much work. <laughs> Way too much work. Absolutely. All right. Um, I want to come back and talk about everything about you, how you got your start, how do you got to where you are now, who you work with and how you help them, right? Um, mm-hmm. But before we get started, I've got some questions that I like to ask each one of my guests. These are questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Dia, questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? My, can it be a phrase? Sure. Well, I like to say, how's your mama, Nam? It sounds like <laughs> a word because it's all said together, but exactly. I'm from the South and it means yep. It's a greeting. How's your mom and them? How's mom and them? Perfect. All right. What is your least favorite word? Mm. Organization. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. What turns you on? Mm. Watching sparks in other people's eyes. Sharing something with them that is inspiring or seeing them discover that they can do something they didn't think they could, that just, that just. The little lights lights come on. Yeah. Perfect. All right. What turns you off? People that when, when 
people just give up and don't want to don't want to see their value they they have a i can't and you know what henry ford said if you think you can or you think you can't you're right right exactly good job all right what sound or noise do you love um maybe the waves on the beach which i'm not there but i almost was going to go there tonight to see my sister, but <laughs> the waves on the beach are so relaxing, that rhythm of nature. Yep. Very nice. And then silence. Unless you're, you have little people in the house. Oh, yeah. Silence is like an alarm. Yes. <laughs> That's scary. Got to go find out what they're doing. Absolutely. All right. Um, that brings us to the next question. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, that annoying scratching. On <laughs> Nails it. on the blackboard. Yes. Yeah. Or I snoring. had to explain to somebody snoring. what a blackboard was. Snoring. Snoring. Uh. <laughs> All right. Question number seven. What is your favorite curse word? Fudge. Okay. <laughs> I can really get behind it. Absolutely. And even though it doesn't really matter what the syllables are, the emotion is what you're having yep. and you shouldn't, yep. but I can just put my all into it. It's like, budge. And yep. if anybody hears me, then they're not offended. Yeah, exactly. But they know exactly what you're saying. But yes. they, they, they can see it. Yes. Yep. All right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I got one left. <laughs> Airline stewardess. Okay. Excellent. What profession would you not like to do? An organizer. <laughs> do we see a theme there? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. All right. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm, welcome. And well done, good and faithful servant. Good job. Good job. Yeah, anything short of welcome is a little scary. So yes, yes. right. Welcome. Good job. Um, I don't want to hear who are you? <laughs> or yeah, the, the line is over there. The line's over there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about you, how you got your start, um, some of the things you're working on currently, who you work with, how you help them, and uh at some point transition into courage and leadership. Okay. Hmm. So listeners. We we're going to talk about all that and more right after this, so stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Dia Irby. Dia, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Where are, you, where are you now? You're over in the Carolinas or? I am. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Very nice. Great area. 
Yeah. Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> I can always edit things out. That's a, yes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So <laughs> tell me how you got how you got started in all this. Well, I mean, when you were growing up, did you say I want to be a TEDx speaker? I want to be a motivational speaker? I probably did, but yeah. <laughs> Always wanting center stage, the oldest of four. Let me tell you, the mission that I'm on about, I am the belonging mentor, and I want people to understand the value of belonging. I can, can, do you remember being five? Think back when you were five, right? Long time ago. Yeah, I think I can remember. Yeah, it's a long time ago for me. But I can remember sitting in the front yard of Miss Annie's kindergarten class. It, with my classmates, we're making pink clover necklaces. And those classmates are the very same ones I graduated from high school with. And I grew up in this small Mississippi town where I knew that I belonged, that I was part of a community that they knew me and I knew them. And it wasn't a belonging like to the library. It was like a belonging on that TV show. Here's where everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your name. Sure. And, and I thought, I mean, that was my normal, just like everyone growing up thinks that what they're experiencing is the normal that everybody in the world experiences. Then my husband graduated from seminary and we took our first church 13 hours away from anything or anybody I knew. Mm -hmm. And when I said, how's your mom? I never heard anybody say, how's your mama, Nan? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I felt the pain of isolation. I didn't belong. And I'm like, whoa, this hurts. Yeah. Uh, this is what a lot of people feel is their normal, not belonging. That's why you have gangs that grow and people do all sorts of things that they never would think of doing just so they can belong to a group. Right. Why cults are so effective because people exactly. have this longing to belong. And from that point on through the 40 years, we pastored in churches through owning a tea room. And now as a real estate agent, I've, I've got on my heart to help people know that they belong that they are valuable. So that's that's kind of how I got my start. I and I focused, you know, who needs this most? And as a I mean, wherever there are people because they're people, they need it. Yeah. How can I best serve which group? And you look at the great resignation and quiet quitters and the yeah. economic world right now with businesses. Sure. And I realized, you know, that's belonging is what they need to exactly. build a culture of belonging. Exactly. And we talked about that uh, when we first talked um, about being that kid that doesn't get picked for the yes. sports team. You know, how, right. how, how that hurts. I mean, it's, it's something little. I mean, you're going to be out on the field, you know, or the, the playground tomorrow. Maybe you'll play again. But to be that last person standing there, that, that tears you apart. Right. And your subconscious remembers everything. It just sure. doesn't remind your conscious of things you've buried. But experiences are there. And when we don't feel like we belong, if you're a leader in the workplace, and I, I work with business owners to help them 
boost the bottom line with right. belonging, to build a culture of belonging where they can have their people engaged and productive. Yeah. And of course, if you're doing that, it's going to profit you. Well, happy employees are a lot more productive than oh, unhappy yeah. employees. And exactly. just feeling like you belong there, that you're you're welcomed, you're part of that team, that's that's huge. Exactly. And that's uh, what we'll end up talking about when you absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, we're yeah, we're getting there. Because I remember working, um, I worked at Lockheed Aircraft out in California for years, and I don't, I mean, we had our camaraderie with the the guys that I was working with, but you didn't always get that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a number. You're lucky to have a job. You know, do what I tell you to do. You're lucky to have a job. Um, once I, I went over into the top secret area, now you had something you all shared together. You were picked, handpicked to come over to this area to work in this and, and just the difference it made in the productivity, how you looked at things, how you um, thought of things. It's, it's a huge difference. When you work with these different business owners to help them, what is it that they're, that they're missing, um, and, and really struggling with? Is it just how to communicate? with their employees or how to make them feel belong? I think so. It's, it's the perspective. See, just like you said, this is your job. You're lucky to have a job. So go do it. And seeing your employees as assets. Well, and they are, but they're people. And when you're running a business, you look at the numbers so much. Sometimes you forget people. And another area of focus that needs to be mentioned is in emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and understanding that that's important too. What are your social skills and, and communication? And it's getting harder and harder with the younger and younger employees because there are fewer and fewer social skills. I mean, people are looking at their screens all the time. They don't know how to have eye contact. They don't know how to smile. They don't know that it matters. And they don't just take time to see a person. But I think they're the ones that helped us to realize that we're missing the the cultures in in the company and the feeling of belonging, right? Used Mm -hmm. to be you had a job, you flew under the radar, you worked there for 20, 30 years, whatever, and retired. Now we have some of the younger folks and millennials or whatever that come in and say, wait a minute, I don't don't get it. What am I doing? What am I, do I really have an impact on the world around me? And if not, I'm going to go down the road because they, you know, make you feel like you really do belong to something. Um, And with them coming out and saying, we want more than just a job. I think everybody's kind of going, yeah, you know what? They're right. We do. We deserve to have more than that. And so I'm glad to see companies that are starting to change and say, we need to build a culture where everybody feels like they're contributing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony Robbins talks about the six different basic human needs, um, certainty, uncertainty, love and connection. Um, The belonging to somebody is, is huge. It's a huge part of that. And yeah. I think it's I think it's necessary, but it, we wouldn't have known it. I don't think without the the millennials that came up and said, "Hey, I deserve more. I want more." Well, the Great Resignation, uh, where people weren't quitting their jobs; they were quitting their bosses. Right. Sure. And and it's like, wait, this is broken. Yeah. 
if, if that hadn't happened, they might not have, like you're saying, they might not have awakened to the problem. Exactly. And so you have an acronym when you're working with the, the different yeah. teams to kind of show them this is what it looks like. Claim. Claim. Claim your people. People don't just want to be connected. They want to be claimed where they really find belonging. And we went through this and you guessed and I, you probably are going to remember all the answers. And I you may. might have taken notes. <laughs> and it's okay if you miss it because almost everybody only gets one of them. Okay. So, and the, it's the easy one. So everybody wants to know that they're claimed. Right. And I have given each of these letters uh, a facet of that being claimed. And mm -hmm. I call it facets because it's like a diamond. You can't separate a facet off of right. a diamond, right? It's multifaceted. It folds in on each other. So each one of these supports the other and works together. But do you remember, and you probably do because you already made reference, what the C stands for? C stands for chosen. Absolutely. And just like you mentioned, we talked about earlier in our previous conversation, the the being picked last for the team is devastating. Yeah. And and but then being picked first, like, oh, and I want you to be the team captain and you pick the team, you know, that's like, yeah, of course, I'm all that. <laughs> you know, those are the people that end up being the quarterbacks or the right. uh point guard because they are given that confidence and it matters. It matters. And what does that look like in the workplace? I mean, you can apply all of this. You can apply it with any relationship you have as a parent, with your children, as a significant other, and even yourself. But in the workplace, chosen helps people understand that they are selected and if they're selected, just like you mentioned that you got into the top secret part, you felt included sure. and you knew that you were qualified because you got selected. Yeah. That empowers you. Absolutely. You know, that you were, it wasn't a leftover job they just stuck you with. You were chosen. And part of that is how can you as a leader in your business help people feel included? and involved mm -hmm. in the know. So yeah. that's what the C stands for. And I, I think employees that feel like they've been chosen, right? Want to want to be productive. It's that re reciprocal thing. You, you pick me, so I'm going to do everything I can to show you that you did the good thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a respect, but the, that's sort of some of the other parts. So we'll move on to the L. L. People want to know that they are loved. Yes, everybody gets that one. <laughs> so obvious. But in the workplace, that's please, not the romantic. They right. want to know that they it's a, a filio, a brotherly love, or yeah. a it's a unconditional, it's yeah. a security. You have a secure feeling that that you know that if you have an issue or you have an idea that you can approach the leader mm -hmm. and present it and you will be heard, maybe right. not put into action what you suggested, 
but, but you'll be just heard. being heard is important. You know, right. I've had that that discussion with people before. You don't have to take my ideas, but I, I want you to at least listen, entertain them for a second. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, this is this helps people feel accepted, and and you can be encouraged to improve too because you're in a safe right. environment. You're not going to show up one day and uh, have a note on your desk saying, "Oh, by the way, clear out your desk." Right. You you have the secure, safe place where you're working. Yeah, and you and, feel appreciated. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh wait. Hmm. So the A, well, it's not appreciated, but it right. sort of is. Sort of. Okay. The A. What is the A? Acknowledged. Yes, you took good yes. notes. Okay. I took good notes. <laughs> I mean, it started with taking that first step as a toddler when you were learning to walk and everybody cheers you, yay! And it's like, oh, that feels good, being acknowledged for my accomplishments. And and we don't ever, we, we continue through life wanting to be recognized for accomplishments. There's that. There's also just very simply being well it's seen and heard and empowered and part of that is acknowledging a person's existence Mm -hmm. and i tell people there are two cost efficient simple things you can do coach you can one call them by their name use their name and practice this when you're out in public you're at a store Ruth, thank you so much for helping me find this item. Hey, Charles, yeah. thanks for checking me out. I hope you have a good day. What What is that? Describe how that would make how that makes oh, you feel as someone uses. Your name. You can see the difference in their face when you use their name and ask them or thank them for something. A simple thank you is fine, but when you acknowledge them, say their name, say thank you so much. The difference in their expression is you, you absolutely you can see it. The name uniquely identifies them mm-hmm. and says, I see you as an individual, a unique person with an identity, not a number. Yep. And in the workplace, you, making sure you use people's names is goes a long way. Yeah. The we other tell way, people, go ahead. Sorry, we, we, uh, we tell a lot of people, especially managers, when you're walking through, whether it's a store, whether it's a manufacturing you're walking through and you're talking to your employees. You don't just walk by and go, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Imagine you're in a restaurant and the manager midway through the meal, the manager walks by to ask you how everything is right. Take a moment and look at their feet. If their feet are pointed up the aisle, they don't really care what your answer is. It's an obligation to ask you, how was everything? If their feet are pointed up the aisle, they're just walking by. They're doing a drive-by. But if the feet are stopped and pointed at your table, they really care. How was everything? You can tell that they meet it. Same thing. If your employees, talk to your employees, face them. Give them your full attention. Acknowledge them. Talk to them. That is a great tip. I'm going to borrow that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other way that you can acknowledge someone and this skill is getting lost more and more with screen time is when you're talking to someone, look them in the eye because the eye is a window to the soul. And you can say, I see you there. I see you there. And in the uh, book that 
well, I just released it, claim your people at work. Um, it, I talk about communication and a strategy for communicating using the Ford method to go through and make sure you're carrying on a conversation. Practice conversing mm -hmm. and looking people in the eye when you do it and using their name. Absolutely. Those are simple, simple ways to acknowledge. There are other strategies like a wall of fame, you know, acknowledging mm -hmm. people or having benchmarks that they can accomplish and then get rewarded and recognized among their peers as well as to their boss or to themselves. So nice. we want to be acknowledged. Exactly. I didn't do this for nothing. <laughs> okay. What's the I, I? I, and this one caught me a little off guard, but I, I love it. It is invested in. Yes. People want to know that you are investing in them and it doesn't have to cost money. Although sure. investing would be nice for a bonus or a raise. Sure. Do you know what, how children spell love? Hmm. T-I-M-E. Sure. People are just bigger children. They yeah. want time. If you're a leader and you, like you said, stop, face your person, invest time in how are you, looking them in the eye, using their name, and just investing that time that will come back multifold. Sure. You can in, also, if you are giving them a project to do, you make sure that they have what they need. You've invested in training, invested in product or materials, invested in encouragement, support, whatever. People want to know that they are, their needs are acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And you're going to invest in them sure. because it's a safe environment and you've chosen to work with them. It yep. just keeps folding over each other. Absolutely. And and they're worth it. They It makes them feel that they're worth it. Right? Totally. And they will um, be engaged yep. because they know somebody cares and is watching and recognizing their efforts. Quiet quitters are like, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'll get my sure. check. And why do I care? Because nobody's going to notice anyway, whether I did it or not. Exactly. We, yeah, oh. there, we talk about everybody has, you've heard of discretionary income. When you go to Las Vegas, you have some discretionary funds you can get rid of and it's not going to hurt anything. Hopefully that's the way you do it. Right. We have discretionary effort as employees. Mm. The, the things that we learned at our previous jobs that we could contribute here Oh, I see what you guys need. We fixed it over at my previous company. I could help you with that. But you know what? You don't really acknowledge me. You don't claim me, choose me. You haven't invested in me. Why should I invest my time in you? So what you want to try to do is get them to feel that, hey, you've given to me so much. I want to invest this discretionary effort and help you out. Mm -hmm. That's one of, the, if, if, one of the things that I hate is when people say, that's not my job. You see somebody struggling. It's like, you know what? It's not my job. Yeah, that's that goes back to what do I not like to see? Yeah. What uninspires me or whatever? It's right. when people say, eh, I, I can't, I'm not, yeah. it's not my well, some people say it's not my not my 
circus, not my monkeys. Right, exactly. Well, guess what? It is your circus. They are your monkeys. <laughs> and how you are in any place, it, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yes. So get a hold of your monkeys and be the circus ringmaster. Yep. And then that's another talk. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So the last one we said, C-L-A-I, and then the last letter, M. Yes. I know what it stands for. Okay. Tell me. want them to know that they matter. Yes. They matter. And the reason they matter is the original phrase I came up with, but it's a phrase instead of one word, is Mm -hmm. they're made for greatness. Nice. Every person is made for greatness. And when I say that, I don't mean everybody's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yay, if you did. (laughs) I mean, you are specifically crafted with your gifts, your passions, your abilities, your experiences, and you are gift-wrapped as a gift to the world to present your present to the world that only you can. And there is someone even if it's just one person waiting to unwrap the gift you have for them, that will make them be all that they can be. You are made for that greatness. So present yourself, unwrap your gifts for the world. It's like the world is a great big jigsaw puzzle and you got that one little piece on a thousand piece puzzle, right? And it's got colors like, some of the other pieces and it's shaped kind of like, but there's only one place that will fit. And that has to go there to make the whole picture complete. Nice. Yep. I like Judy Garland's quote. Why be a second rate version of someone else when you can be a first rate version of yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So That's you're perfect. made for greatness. And when you are making your, when you are being your greatness, you are going to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, this whole thing about building the company culture to get your people to feel claimed, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to improve your productivity. People think, well, you know, that's a soft skill. I don't need to worry about that. No, that's your business. If your employees aren't engaged in your business, you really don't have anything. I, I realized that soft skills are the hardest. Yes. Hard skills. You know, you go to school and you learn it and you don't have to have a personality. Right. And those are the easy things, right? Those are the things anybody can can get. Yes. I, right. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. It's those soft things. Um, just taking time to talk to your employees by name, talk to them and ask them, how are things going? Don't talk about work necessarily. How are they? How are they doing? How's your family? You know, how was their last vacation? Makes them feel like, hey, they actually realize that I'm here. They actually realize that I'm part of this business. So, yeah. right. That's the that's the Ford method that I, I mentioned. That's in the book. You uh, you you do the Ford method. You ask them about their family. I mean, mm-hmm. surely if if it's a new person, you're finding out information. If it's someone that's working for you, you better already know if they're married or if they have kids. Yeah. So you can say, hey how'd your child do in that tournament or, you know, some, some family related question. And the O is occupation. You know, how's the, 
what victories have you had in your in your work? You know, yeah. tell me about work and what would you see would make it even better for you at work? The sure. R is recreation. What what do you do for fun when you're not yeah. here? And yeah. my favorite one is the D. That's your dreams. And an nice. easy question to ask is if you won the lottery, what would you do with your money? Yeah. And then they can, you know, dream. And as a leader, you want to support them in what their dreams are, because that gives them a, a future hope and a moving forward. And that motivates people to be involved, especially if they know they're in a loving environment where they can find um, support. Absolutely. Yeah. I always tell people, if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your customers. Your customers will take care of your business and your business will take care of you. Exactly. Life cycle. Yep. Exactly. Chick-fil-A is a perfect example. Oh, love Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. Yes. And they mean it when they say my pleasure. Yes. And anywhere in the country that you go to a Chick-fil-A, it's consistent. The The people that they have, the, their expression, the, the way that they treat you, the it, it's just amazing. Yeah. Totally. And they, it is hard to be a Chick-fil-A franchiser, to mm -hmm. buy a franchise. I, I mentioned this in the book, Claim Your People at Work, that they have all these requirements and you have to go to all these classes and education mm -hmm. and they're not going to let just anybody. They have multiple applications and few chosen. Yeah. Oh, and when they're chosen, they feel special. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, you have to actually work for them for a while before they'll even let you be considered for one of the franchises. You have to know the business exactly. inside out. So, And it has it can't be a, oh, I think I'll invest in that. And that'll be one stream of income. And then I'll go do this. It's like you have to be all in, right. all there. But it shows. Exactly. You can tell the difference. Absolutely. So, so tell me about your TEDx talk. How did that come about? Well, you know, you have your bucket list. I wanted to da, 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 and TEDx talk was one. And I just researched and I found a, an organizer of a TEDx that was going to be near. And he did need another speaker. And we worked out a topic that would fit his theme in the middle. Nice. And I talk about the magic of the meal. Because... Well, that has to do with belonging, mm -hmm. belonging at the table. And the middle was the old life of, I just put a stick of butter in it. And then I got all my <laughs> kids, no, we need gluten-free and da, da, da. Right. <laughs> Or uh, my kids were, when I was doing that, I think they were in six different countries. Wow. And so getting together, how can we do that? So we, I, that's the old time me went back when uh, I thought, you know, Snapchat was talking with grandma while you're snapping beans <laughs> and, and they are all technology. So how can we bring that together? We had a Zoom meal together, wow. all gathered. Nice. And that's when I discovered uh, you can have a meal um, eat with, you can have like... Airbnb, you can do a mm -hmm. meal and have an account and say, hey, if you're in town and you want a home-cooked meal, 
register with me and come over and have some good old spaghetti. And there you go. Um, anyway, nice. So that that's what it was about, and and what we're losing, and it has to do with people aren't claiming their people, their families, yeah. their relationships, because when you gather around a table, it gives you that sense of belonging. There was a, a study done, Alice Fishbaugh in Chicago University, I think, um, where they had groups of people, two different groups of people, and they each were supposed to come to a decision about something, an agreement. One group had their own food. Each one was eating, but it was different food. Mm -hmm. The other group shared the same food from the same plate. Well, nice. I mean, you had your own fork, but what, sure, you know sure. what I mean. Yeah. The people that shared from the same plate mm -hmm. came to an agreement faster. Nice. There's something about breaking bread together. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you have bagels in the boardroom? <laughs> Exactly. They want you to agree. Exactly. No, absolutely. Every every board meeting, every meeting I've been to, there's always food of some kind there, right? Exactly. Nice. They, no, they, well, I think we've lost. Also, that. they want to capture you so you don't leave because you're hungry. Well, yeah, yeah. That's that's the other motive. Yes. Um, but you're right. We've kind of lost contact with our families and with friends, right? You don't sit down for meals together. If you do, you're sitting in front of the TV, watching TV, eating something. I, I wish I could remember the statistic, and it was back from. 2019 of the number of meals Americans eat in the car. Yeah. They go drive through, grab it and eat in the car on the way sure. to somewhere. On the way. That's, yep. that's not even good for your digestion. <laughs> I know we're guilty. I know we've done that multiple times. Yeah. But you're right. Sitting down and sharing. Uh, my wife got me a, a gift for my birthday. It's a book um, uh, adventures book of meals. And so there's a little scratch off. You scratch off on the page and it tells you what the scenario for the evening is. And then you peel this tape and open it up and there's your recipe. And so we get in the kitchen together, cook together while specific music is playing and we share something, right? Talking to each other about whatever questions. And it's great to take that time out. Everything else is shut off. The phones are away. The computers are away. It's, it's I magic. I love you know? that. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Good stuff. I know when we were... Bringing up children, 45 years later, we are empty nesters. Yep. Um, <laughs> the dinner table was where we would talk yeah. about how was your day or talk about ethics or discuss, you know, theology, whatever. We, mm -hmm. we would have real conversations and it usually would digress into somebody using their silverwares, drumsticks, and we'd sure. break out in all sorts of music. But that was, yeah. that was family time. Exactly. That's and important. we never knew how many other people would end up at the table. Somebody yeah. had a friend over. So, yeah. <laughs> but they had lots of friends had keys to our house. So I don't even know why we ever locked our door. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's talk about courage. To uh, public speaking is one of the most feared things, right? I mean, fear of death is, is way below the fear of public speaking. And yet you got up and did a TED talk. Where did you find that courage? Where did that come from? One way to overcome the fear of speaking 
is to not be thinking about I'm speaking, but to think about the person you want to deliver the message to. Mm. Like you're motivated because you have this message you want to give people and you have your eyes on them and the effect it will have on them. And when you're thinking about the people listening, then you're not thinking about yourself. Nice. I think that would, and, and the quote is most people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. The eulogy, exactly. <laughs> but where did that courage come from? Every, we find courage. Uh, we see our parents do something and that gives us, oh, I, you know, that was courageous. I want to be like them. We may have a teacher or a coach or somebody that they kind of mm. brought that out of this. Do you know where your courage came from? It may just be God giving me a big mouth <laughs> and wanting to just speak up. Yeah. Uh, inspired with a message, God saying, hey, look, I want you to give this talk. I want you to give this message. Probably people that I have been inspired by just generally all the speakers that you know of and growing up in a church somebody stood up and spoke every sunday right um yeah i think it's just a way to communicate i feel comfortable communicating verbally nice. there are some people that don't would much rather here, here's a book, just read this book, or I painted this picture, come look at this picture, and let me just talk to you. There you go. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, so you are currently selling real estate. In the I am a realtor, yes. Nice, very cool. Um, do you have any folks that work with you, or are you solo? I Well, my husband also got his real estate license, nice. yay. So okay. he can things when I don't can't <laughs> and I do have a virtual assistant which helps immensely nice. but it's just us the small team and uh, I I don't really want this great big large company real estate business because yeah. I like to be involved personally yeah. my theme my tagline is by your side all the way. Nice. I want to be there when, when you have moving day, I want to order you pizza so you don't have to worry about food. I want to, you know, at the closing yeah. table, I want to give you a copy of my cookbook I wrote. There you go. Nice. I want to be involved with people. Very cool. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. Real estate is a people business. I'm more than people think. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's why I have a virtual assistant because there is that other part about all the details and the uh, organized yeah. Let somebody else handle that. Paperwork. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So uh yes, could you take care of that and make sure that this is all and yeah. Excellent. So tell me about your book, Claim. Claim your people at work, yes. how inclusive leaders keep their people employees engaged and productive. Engaged. It yes. is out in ebook. I've been okay. watching Amazon. It was number 10 in a category, and then it was 13. And so any if anyone can order it soon, it will help. It's all a, it's a game. You know, yeah. it's it's 
It's an I algorithm like it. everything. It's of, yes, it's full of stories. Okay. And I've had some good feedback from men that uh, leaders that have worked in corporate or been leaders or led projects or built cultures, turned companies around. They appreciate that it's a quick read. Nice. 160 pages. Uh, it may not even be that much if you don't pay attention to the appendix. <laughs> and and it's I use stories and um, try to make it just look here and some application nice. like the Ford or how to have a yawn free meeting. I mean, it's a strategy for keeping people engaged. Yeah. That's in there. I think it's short, easy, but packed with value. But of course, <laughs> that's like, do you have any other recommendations besides your mother? <laughs> right. That's awesome. Okay. And that's available, you said, on Amazon? It right. is. Go to Claim Your People at Work on Amazon. It's in an ebook right now. It'll soon be out. As soon as I hit that publish button, it'll be available in um paperback but it's 99 cents there you go so yeah grab it it. and leave a review yes leave a review please leave a review yes please leave a review i'm aiming for 30 reviews nice so that's maybe a magic number i am declaring that out there there you go put it out in the universe it'll come to you right yes and maybe you the one listening right now are the one that'll be number 30 there you go. One. I don't know. <laughs> Good job. Well, Dee, this has been a lot of fun. What's next for you, you think? Is there another book in the works? There there possibly is because I focused this one on claim your people at work because I yeah. felt like that was where it was mostly needed. The next step might be claim yourself. There you go. Or since I do have a little bit of experience, <laughs> claim your people in the home yeah, or claim your Family. people in church. Yeah, absolutely. You could, this could be a long series of books. Yes. That's why Excellent. I named it how I did. I thought of Perfect. all kinds of other clever titles like absolutely. stop your people and money from walking out the door, <laughs> but now the same ring at work, claim <laughs> yeah. your people in the home, claim your, you know, it works. Perfect. Good job. Well, I will have links to your website. I'll have links to your book on Amazon, all down in the show notes. You're active on LinkedIn also, correct? I have been known to be. Okay. Yes, I am. <laughs> and oh, and I would like to offer your uh, listeners a uh, free download of three strategies for a yawn free meeting. Excellent. That and is awesome. I will give you that. that okay link you'll set up a link for me it it is i have it and okay. i will put it in the i'll give it to you get perfect. it perfect and i will make sure that that's in there also so people know how to how to get hold of that perfect awesome. yeah this has been great thank you so much for taking time out to speak with Coach, us it's been a pleasure it's been a lot of fun absolutely all right listeners hope you guys are taking a lot of notes a lot of good information here definitely claim your people wherever they are claim them. Let them know that you appreciate them and that they're chosen and loved and acknowledged and invested in and that they matter. Very cool. All right. Share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, share it with your boss and uh, 
stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now.